and unvaxxers and non-disclosed. I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message. Today is October 13th, 2021. Share, subscribe, tap the notification bell, yada, yada, yada. Four stories for you today. I am feeling very on point. So uh, make sure you're, you know, really sat tightly in your seat. Don't want you falling out of the chair over there. Uh, Obviously we've got some COVID stuff, but actually a couple stories that are kinda good. You're not gonna believe it. A couple stories that are actually pretty decent and showing that good people are standing up, including one from here in crazy California, uh, where the police chief isn't going to force his officers to do things that they don't wanna do. I know it's crazy radical right-wing stuff, but it's happening even here in the banana city of Los Angeles. CNN then even put on two doctors who said that we shouldn't have vaccine mandates to fly? Is the whole system breaking down? What the high hell's going on? We'll discuss. Uh, Story number two, we've got three clips of uh, the White House chief liar, Jen Psaki, the woman who could not say a true statement if her life depended on it. As I always say, if you asked her her favorite uh, color, she would say four. I mean, the woman is incapable of saying anything honest. Uh, We've got three clips of her lying or otherwise obfuscating the truth. There's your word of the day. Uh, Then I saw a clip this morning on Twitter from MSNBC. Have you heard about this network? If you pretend when you're watching it that they're all broadcasting from a mental institution, it's actually quite entertaining. But there's this woman, Tiffany Cross, who I guess has a show there. I've never heard of her before, before I saw this clip this morning. And from the little clip that I saw, she might be more insane than Joy Reid. So we've got to discuss that. And speaking of insanity, we've got something from Hillary Clinton too. So four stories for you and before, I get to all that. Oh, and big news. You know, yesterday, and thank you all, by the way, for the uh, emails of concern uh, about my producer, Michael. It is true that on Sunday, he did have the sniffles. Fair to say, I believe that was your word, the sniffles. You had the sniffles. And uh, he did not come into work yesterday. He worked from home yesterday, had the sniffles, has less sniffles today. We, You felt... He said it was an acceptable level of sniffles. We discussed it. Connor was in on it. We had a team meeting. Are we gonna sit with this guy in this room? We can confirm he does not have COVID. We can also confirm that I did not force a free man in the United States of America to inject himself with anything against his will. And uh, things are moving forward here. Nobody died. Big show today, big show. All right, before we get to all that though, guys, I wanted, and congratulations again on life, Michael, very excited. Uh, I wanna to talk to you guys about Black Rifle Coffee. You know, they're a veteran-owned coffee company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. I'm drinking it right now in their fancy mug. They developed their explosive roast profiles with the same mission focus they learned as military members serving with this great country. With every purchase you make, they give back. In 2020, they donated over 6 million cups of coffee to veterans in law enforcement and first responder causes. Black Rifle Coffee Company imports high quality coffee beans from Colombia and Brazil and roasts five days a week from their facilities in Manchester, Tennessee and Salt Lake City, Utah. The best way to enjoy their freedom-filled coffee is by subscribing to the Black Rifle Coffee Club, 
When you join the club, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door on your schedule. And you also receive special discounted pricing on various roasts and gain access to exclusive products, member-only content, partner discounts, and more. I always get excited when I see a new bag has arrived. They send me these bags that are freaking huge. With temperatures cooling off, don't let that stop you from getting outside and into the great outdoors with signature roasts like Lava Panther Medium Roast, which is directly sourced farm to cup from a small farm in Guatemala. Black Rifle Coffee Company delivers fresh roast coffee from around the world directly to your doorstep. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com slash Ruben and use code Ruben at checkout for 20% off your first purchase, including your coffee club order. That's blackriflecoffee.com slash Ruben. And now back to me. All right, guys, we got a jam-packed show for you. And you know, I'm always talking to you guys about we need to see that star in the distance, right? We need to see some hope as we are just constantly being sort of enveloped under this avalanche of nonsense that our politicians and our media are pushing on us all the time. Well, I've actually got good news today. And not only do I have good news, I have good news from Los Angeles. Could this be true? Could it actually be happening? Could something decent be emanating from this hellscape that I live in? Well, LA Sheriff Alex Villanueva is saying that he's not gonna enforce vaccine mandates on his staff, because you're not gonna believe this. Some of the people don't wanna do it, and he'd like to have police officers to stop, um, what's that thing that they usually do? They stop uh, crime, right, crime, take a look. Are you forcing your officers to set the vaccine, to get the vaccine? Uh, as I said, no, I'm not forcing anyone. The, the issue has become so politicized, there are entire groups of employees that are willing to be fired and laid off rather than get vaccinated. So I don't want to be in a position to lose five, 10 percent of my workforce overnight on a Mac vaccine mandate, while at the same time our bare bones with uh, the funding effort. So this is like the worst of two worlds right here. So we have to pick and choose. It's not that often I get to say something good about L.A. It's not that often I get to show you a public servant who is a decent human being, but there's one right there. He's not going to force his people to do it. He understands that police officers have a job. Say uh, stop, you know, uh, murdering, right? Like someone's coming to murder someone. A police officer might get involved in that. Someone would say robbing a store or breaking into your house or trying to rape someone. These are things that police officers are supposed to take care of and they usually do a pretty decent job of it and uh, despite the fact that the media treats them horribly and you know the entire sort of leftist machinery in the country vilifies them at every opportunity that they get. So not only does he say he's not gonna force his guys to do it, which by the way, then they can make the choices for themselves and you know, if you're a police officer and you're concerned about COVID, you can get vaccinated, you can get boosted up the wazoo. And then if one of your co-police officers has COVID, well, I was told, and you know me, I just believe whatever anyone says, I was told a while back that the vaccine stops COVID. Now they've sort of shifted off that, but he's allowing people to make choices for themselves. By the way, most police officers, they're somewhere probably between early 20s and say late 40s, something like that. So, you know, they're they're relatively young. They probably are somewhat fit, not all of them. We've we've all seen the guys at the at the donut shop, but I stand with the police officers. I certainly stand with Alex Villanueva, and it's just nice to see something out of that, out of LA that's good. Oh, and by the way, he said at the end there, because we're also dealing with the defunding thing, 
Right, because we've got this bananas mayor here and this authoritarian lunatic governor uh, who are still uh, trying to take funds away from policing, and you guys know we've covered these stories many times, in every single city, without exception, no exceptions, uh, when they've taken money away from policing, you're not gonna believe this, crime has gone up. Isn't that weird? It's weird how sometimes things like that happen. You take policing away, you say to people, oh, you could do certain crimes, certain trespassing's okay, stealing a certain amount of stuff is okay, jumping some turnstiles is okay, you know, loitering, that sort of stuff, that's all okay. You know, punch a random guy on the street, I'm sure you had your reasons. Uh, crime starts going up. So that is a good man right there. And speaking of good men, I don't even know how this happened. CNN had two people on that did not ring the bananas alarm about COVID and actually said they should not have vaccine mandates on airlines. Today, it must, is it Bizarro Day? What day is today? Today's Bizarro Day. Take a look. It's a complicated issue. I, I don't believe uh, we should. Uh, and, and the reason is this, particularly for air travel, air travel is safe. It is not for the protection of the people on the plane. It's just another way to sort of force people to do their vaccine. So I don't think that's justified and it will really hurt uh, the industry and travel. Do you agree? Well, I think he's exactly correct. The travel itself, being on the aircraft, is, a, is at exceedingly low risk, particularly if everybody keeps their masks on. And so that's not the issue. It's just another device to get people vaccinated. So I wouldn't single out that industry in particular to make sure all of its customers are vaccinated. I don't know what the high hell's going on here. Maybe I woke up on another planet or something, or I'm actually in a coma right now and I'm going through some sort of uh, you know psychotropic trip, something like that. They're gonna wake me up in a second. They go, no, no, Dave, you're actually in Gulag 13B. Uh, but look, two people, one was a former uh, Trump administration official and, uh, and the doctor right there, and you could tell that man was a doctor because he was wearing a white coat. And I don't know elsewhere you could get a white coat if you're not a doctor. But what he said was really interesting, exceedingly low risk of getting COVID on a plane. Uh, so why would you force people to be vaccinated to get on a plane? He said it, it's just another device to get people vaccinated. That's, and we know that to be true. I keep talking about this. Every time you get on a plane, they show you a video. They've got people in masks and hazmat suits. Although they're usually, uh, they sometimes they have like some sort of uh, see-through thing on. You could see them with their freakish smile as they're spraying the place down, right? And they've got that special green gun. They're spraying, there's no microbes everywhere. Here, we handed you some cleaner thing to rip open and clean your seat when you sit down. We have no evidence, but please correct me if I'm wrong, that COVID is spreading on airplanes, right? So they're telling us these are the safest things. We filter the air, it cleans out 99.99999% of germs and blah, 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 blah. Uh, so I don't know what just happened, but CNN suddenly doing something actually honest, that the only reason you would be for a vaccine mandate to get on a plane is only if you want to use the bat against the leg of the unvaccinated person. If you wanted to say to that unvaccinated person, no, in effect, you can just never leave your state again. You should just stay at home forever. And by the way, and I'm gonna stop saying this, but you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't care. You can do it and wear a mask and inject yourself and all of those things. It's up to you. But anyway, I, I'm, I'm shocked. We've got police officers in LA standing up for the right thing. We've got people on CNN saying something true. Bananas, I'm, I'm actually, it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Let's, uh, let's move on though. And, and speaking of truth, now I'm gonna show you things that aren't true. And if you wanna 
sort of just do a daily video collection on someone constantly lying and completely incapable of saying the truth, you just find a Jen Psaki clip. She's the White House press secretary. She gets up there, she lies about absolutely everything. I would say it's a combination of intentional lying, partly it's what her job is, press secretary, you're supposed to be deflecting all the time. And then it's that I also think she's either slightly brain dead or something's not right there because it, I just don't know what, could you have a soul if you were just like lying constantly like that? So maybe she's just not that bright. I'm trying to give her the benefit of the doubt. Uh, first off, here she is on forcing vaccine, vaccine mandates on the states. These requirements are promulgated by federal law. So when the president announced um, his vaccine uh, mandates for businesses that, of course, we're waiting on OSHA regulations for as a next step, um, that was pursuant to federal law and the implementation of federal law because it's an executive order. So our intention is to implement and continue to work to implement these requirements across the country, including in the states where there are attempts to oppose them. Okay, so she's intentionally conflating issues there, which is where her lie sits. So yes, there is an executive order saying that if you work for the federal government or if you work as a contractor for a federal government, meaning you know you sell uh, ice cream to the federal government, that you have to be vaccinated, your employees have to be vaccinated. I'm obviously not for any of that at any level, but that part of what she's saying is true. Where she's confusing things is that the rest of it basically are guidelines. It's a press release. There is no law, executive order or otherwise, that is demanding that companies of 100 plus people force people to be vaccinated, uh, must force people to be vaccinated, obviously. She knows that. She absolutely knows that, but she's purposely confusing it, right? That's what she's purposely doing and also implying that the states uh, don't have as much authority as they actually do because the federal government should reign supreme over everything else. She actually went further into that right here. Going back to Texas, um, what is the president's message to businesses in Texas? You mentioned several of them who are based there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to what the federal guidance is now, and now with the state executive order, what would the president say to those companies as they're determining what they should be doing right now for the vaccine mandates? Well, we know uh, that federal law uh, overrides state law. Uh, I would note that uh, earlier when we put out our guidance uh, on the president's uh, announcement about mandates several weeks ago, he made clear it made clear that uh, again, as I said earlier, requirements are promulgated pursuant to federal law and supersede any contrary state or local law or ordinance. Uh, additionally, nothing in this guidance excuses non-compliance with any applicable state law or municipal ordinance. We put out guidance several weeks ago conveying that clearly. But fundamentally, beyond the legal aspect, which is unquestionable in our view, uh, the question for any business leader is, what do you want to do to save more lives in your companies? Okay, so there's so many lies and confusions in there. First off, she is telling you the truth when she says this thing about we put out guidance. Yes, guidance, not a law. But her implication is, oh, we, the federal government, put out guidance, so you, the states, have to do what we say. No, that's not true. Now, it is slightly true what she said, that usually when the states and the federal government are in conflict with one another, usually the federal government power overrides it, not always. By the way, if you want a very simple example of this, 
of what's happening in the states right now versus federal power, uh, you know, in certain states right now, California, one of them, Colorado, um, I think, uh, where else is marijuana legal? Uh, give me a couple states, Washington. Yeah, a couple other states. Um, actually, if you go to New York City right now, when I went back a couple weeks ago, all the corners that I used to walk by that would always smell like urine, they actually all smell like marijuana now. I'm not sure if that's better or worse, but in any event, um, federally, marijuana is illegal, but states have made the decision to make it illegal, uh, not illegal, right? They've made it legal. So in essence, the states are doing something and the feds know that it's federally illegal, but they're not doing anything about it. Actually, every now and again, I hate to tell you this, but that Barack Obama guy, remember that picture of him smoking a doobie from way back when? He used to use the Fed every now and again to close marijuana stores here in Los Angeles, okay? So the point is there is some tension between the federal government and state's government, but what she's saying there, that unquestionably the federal government is, uh, is more powerful and has to bow that the states have to bow to the federal government, it's absolutely a lie. By the way, we have something called the Constitution. You guys remember the Constitution, right? And these Bill of, Bill of Rights, they're quite fascinating and they uh, illuminate certain rights that we have uh, to make sure that the government never becomes too powerful. I'd like to uh, sum up the 10th Amendment to you and really listen to this. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution nor prohibited by it to the states are reserved to the states respectively or to the people. In other words, federal law does not always overpower state law. If something is not specifically delineated to the federal law, then the states are allowed to make their own choices. This is where we'll end up probably in court with a lot of these things, uh, but there is nothing legally wrong with what Greg Abbott did. And if you're in Texas and you're upset about your governor giving you too much freedom, you should move to California. Now, ironically, no one's moving to California, right? We know California had its first net loss of population in 2020 in the first, for the first time in the history of the state. It'll probably happen for the second time when we get the numbers on 2021. So she's lying there because she's saying that basically a press release and guidance overruns states. And when she says unquestionably, it's like these people are ripping the mask off and really telling you who they are. We have all the power. It doesn't matter where you live. We're gonna make you do what we want you to do. And this gets to one of the things that I've been talking about now for a couple months, which is what are the people going to do who just wanna be left alone, who just care about local government and at that to that end, don't even want local government to be that powerful, but just wanna live in a city that's along the lines of what they believe in and a broader sense that in a state and have laws and vote for people in their own local community that will protect them and their family and just not be too involved if the federal government is ever encroaching. And that's why, to me, you don't have to be a Republican. I don't consider myself a Republican in any sort of traditional sense. Uh, but you cannot be a Democrat anymore if you're a sane person. Every single thing that these people say is about taking more money, taking more power, and taking more control from you and, and over your life. And that is exactly what they're saying. And if you don't believe that, that what they are here to do is fundamentally change the United States, right? Remember, Biden was campaigning on, I'm the guy that's the moderate here, Bernie's the bananas guy, uh, he's gonna burn it all down. I'm just Joe Biden, I've been doing this for 47 years, you know me, come on man, I'm Joe Biden, grand pop, corn pop, the whole thing. Uh, but if you don't think that they're here to destroy everything and Biden is just the, the vessel ushering it in, 
Uh, listen to what Saki said about the economy yesterday. The president doesn't prefer then one avenue or the other. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy, and he feels coming out of the pandemic is exactly the time to do that. And if we don't do it now, if we don't address uh, the cost of child care, to go back to Josh's question earlier, if we don't uh, address the climate crisis, if we don't ensure that universal pre-K is a reality now, uh, we're, we're not going to have the same opportunity to do it for some time. Did you catch that? I'll read you the quote. The president wants to make fundamental change in our economy. Um, maybe to like a more socialist economy, because that's kind of what he's doing. Did anyone vote for that? Did you moderates? Did you good liberals? Did you good Bill Maher liberals? Is that what you voted for? A fundamental changing of the economy, which is obviously by extension a fundamental transforming of everything that America's all about. But they're telling you, they're telling you we don't care about states' rights. We're gonna fundamentally change the economy. Uh, by the way, we flag posts for Facebook to take down when we don't like what you know those peons are saying. These are the bad guys, guys. They are. I'm sorry. They, they just absolutely are. What is it that he wants to change the economy to accomplish? Well, he wants uh, more child care. Okay. All right. I guess. I mean, I don't think the state should have anything to do with that at this point. The state doesn't do anything well. Why would you trust the state with your children? We better do something on climate change. Yeah. As if there aren't enough problems here and now, right? We got uh, bananas AOC with her Green New Deal or, or you know, the world's gonna end in 12 years. And then universal pre-K, I mean, it gets again to the, the childcare thing. It's like, they wanna scare you to the point that they will put your children in masks while prison guards don't have to be in masks and vaccinated and everything else. But we got to get these children brainwashed as quickly as possible. And just let's see how much free crap we can give people so that they keep voting for us. Let's just see what we can do. So yes, I believe people when they say it. So when they say that they wanna fundamentally change the economy, fundamentally change the United States, when they say that they, they think the whole thing is racist, when they say that, you know, that the fundamental founding of America is evil and all of those things, I kind of believe them. I don't like them, but I do believe them. Uh, speaking of people I don't like, I didn't even know of this person, but I don't like her. This Tiffany Cross on MSNBC, I've never heard of her till this morning. I saw this clip. Um, I don't know, is she, does she host a regular show or she was a guest host? Is it a, is it a regular show? I'm not even sure. Uh, but she went on a highly racist rant this morning. Completely racist rant. So I'm gonna play her racist rant. And I want you to think, as you're watching this rant, have you ever heard anything this racist? On, on Fox News, because I'm guessing you haven't. Here we go. Okay, Carlos Watson, Sade Steele, Van Jones. What do these three folks have in common? Well, they're all people who have been prompted up by wealthy or powerful white Americans, and yet we, the keepers of the culture, don't really rock with any of them like that. Now, obviously, the three of these folks are most definitely black faces. However, they are not necessarily black voices. And there's a difference. Let me explain. Take a listen to these half-witted, self-hating remarks from Sade Still. Barack Obama chose black and he's biracial. I'm like, well, congratulations to the president. That's his thing. I, I think that's fascinating consider, considering his... Black dad was nowhere to be found, but his white mom and grandma raised him. But hey, mm -hmm. you do you. 
<laughs> what? So that is undoubtedly a black face, whether or not she knows it, but it is most definitely not a black voice. Yet, I'm sure someone is giving themselves a big diversity pat on the back by having that modern day minstrel show Sage step and fetch it on the airwaves spewing her continued nonsense. Now, let's listen to Jeff Bezos's black friend, Van Jones, after a Donald Trump speech. He became president of the United States in that moment. Now, let's be clear, Van and Carlos are far from being sage, but there's certainly something to be said about wealthy and powerful white people elevating certain voices over others. But All right, people, I put on my very smart news anchor fake glasses. I don't wear glasses, these are not prescription, they're just fake glasses, which is what these clowns are wearing all the time, but now I look a little smarter. I sound like someone who knows what he's talking about, right? That woman, everything she just said right there was racist. Uh, to clear it up, I said I wasn't sure if she's a guest host or has a show. She has a weekend show. She took Joy Reid's weekend slot when they upgraded Joy Reid to the weekday over there. Okay, nobody cares about the MSNBC programming. I mean, nobody's watching and nobody cares, but every now and again, we gotta cover this, this lunacy because for the 10 people that do watch, I wanna help these people, you know? Uh, but she's a racist, that woman. She is a racist. She looks at black people, Sage Steele, Van Jones, et cetera, and she sees black people who don't behave how she wishes they behave, and she's basically saying they're not black, her line. They're black faces, but they're not black voices. Well, she also called Sage, uh, Sage Steele self-hating. Uh, everything Sage Steele said there was perfectly fine. You know, She made a true commentary on Barack Obama. Sage Steele, by the way, no one hated Sage Steele until last week. She's been an ESPN reporter for probably 15 years or so. Nobody hated her until last week. Then last week, she just said that she didn't want ESPN uh, forcing people to be vaccinated, that you should make choices for yourself, You know, talk to your doctor, my body, my choice kind of stuff. Now she's a right-wing maniac funded by white people, as this lunatic says. Uh, Van Jones, by the way, also is a liberal. He is a liberal. He's too liberal for me at this point, right? He's like sort of just like a Bill Maher style liberal um, who occasionally reaches out to the other side, right? Uh, he's, he's had talks with Candace Owens. He sometimes reaches out to people on the right. I'd be happy to talk to him, by the way. Um, but if, imagine if a host on Fox News did what she just did there. Here are black people who are sellouts, thus are not black. Which by the way, this is what, here wait, I'll, I'll do it with my glasses to make a real point. This is what the lefty media does with all minorities. They treat them like pets, okay? This is what they do. You may remember when Peter Thiel came out of the closet years ago and Out Magazine, which is a big LGBTQLMNOP magazine, said that he's not gay. Sure, he has sex with dudes, but he's not gay because being gay is about a political ideology, not simply your sexual preference. So they will take away your sexuality, just like this woman just took away the skin color of Van Jones and Sage Steele. These are not good people. I don't like them very much. I don't like their ideas, and I don't know why they're on television. And by the way, when she's talking about wealthy white people that give these people money and put them on TV, uh, does she know she's on TV? Does she know that uh, MSNBC is a big corporate conglomerate? That uh, you know, she, He doesn't know, Connor has no freaking idea.
if she knows that. We don't know. We don't know. Let's move on. Uh, Hillary Clinton, remember her? She was the woman who said that Donald Trump was an illegitimate president. Uh, she said it many times in interviews. Uh, she still got a tweet up that said it. Um, she's the woman that uh, just passed out, remember, just like two weeks before the election, just dropped dead and they hid that. They dragged her carcass into the thing and said she was fine. You know, she probably killed a couple people. You know, she, Hillary, you remember her. She was married to Bill. Bill, of course, is the guy who took a uh, cigar and actually stuck it up an intern while he was on the phone uh, in the Oval Office uh, with, he was calling Trent Lott and he, uh, well, you know, this is a daytime show, I don't wanna tell you everything. Anyway, Hillary Clinton's back and she's very worried about democracy people because she is democracy. Like Palpatine's the Senate, take a look. I believe you said it's up to us to make sure the plot stays fictional. After writing this, any interest at all in getting back into the game of politics? I will never be out of the game of politics. I'm not gonna be running for anything, but I really feel, Amy, and I know uh, George was interviewing Adam Schiff mm -hmm. before, I really feel like our democracy is at stake. And there's many reasons for that. Some of them we saw on uh, the screen with the insurrection. Some of them because of the revelations about Facebook that creates a world of disinformation instead of you know, one that uh, we can agree on what the facts are. I really am worried about what's happening at home and around the world. So I'm never going to get out of, uh, you know, being uh, involved, worried, and hopefully trying to help in some way. You, you know, they say wishes come true, but it's obviously not true because I've many times wished that she would just disappear and yet she keeps reappearing. So, you know, I'm going to have to switch to another birthday wish. Uh, but there's a lot of nonsense that she just said there. Okay, so she's never going away. She's not going to run. And it's like, yes, you guys never going away is why we have this problem. Uh, we've got 137-year-old Dianne Feinstein as a senator here in California. Everyone knows she's basically incapacitated at this point. I mean, that's like an open secret at this point. Uh, you know, Biden is 78 and obviously has problems. Nancy Pelosi is an alcoholic. How old is she? 80, whatever she is. It's like, just let go, people. Forgetting that I have political disagreements with them. Just let go. Trump is old, too. So I'm not making this a partisan thing. But, but the boomer generation has to let go. They're the first generation that refuses to just let go and let the next generation in. The, the Gen X people are supposed to be running the show right now. The 45-year-olds are supposed to be running the show. I don't want to run the show, but it's supposed to be people roughly my age. By the way, Ron DeSantis, I think, is 43 years old. Just saying, yes, Nancy Pelosi is 81. But Hillary says a couple interesting things right there. Our democracy is at stake. This is the woman who said that the previous election uh, was illegitimate, that you know, the orange man was illegitimate, uh, but you know, she gets a pass on that. Um, but the democracy is at stake. Why is it at stake? Well, there was the insurrection. And that is true. For three hours, a couple of people were cosplaying and LARPing and went to the uh, Capitol and had no weapons. And you know, it was put down. They had no big plans. And you know, that was that. Um, so that did happen. I cannot deny that that happened. Uh, also, Facebook. Facebook's coming for democracy. Now look, you know I have no love for big tech, uh, but Facebook, I mean, you saw everything that happened with this ridiculous faux whistleblower last week who's really a leftist activist. And the idea that Facebook is destroying democracy when in many cases, not that I sit here to defend Mark Zuckerberg very often, but Zuckerberg made an interesting point last week. We're basically the only one that's doing any self-reflection, trying to figure out what we are doing. We're doing all of these surveys. We're talking to people. We're trying to figure out how to, how to de-escalate some of the political madness. Now, I don't know if it's working. I don't even know if that's true, but it's obvious that Facebook is at some level trying to somewhat moderate what is going on on its platform. 
Look at Twitter, which is just an endless, um, an endless cesspool of insanity. Uh, that's what Twitter is. They're not doing any of that, right? So that's not to defend Facebook, but Hillary's very concerned about the insurrection and she's very concerned about Facebook. Now, interestingly, when she says that our democracy is at stake, she doesn't seem to be concerned that the federal government would be attacking states' rights. She doesn't seem to be worried that we're forcing people to make medical decisions that they don't wanna make. She doesn't seem to be very concerned that the economy's tanking right now, that inflation is going through the roof, that gas prices are really high, that a lot of people uh, can't afford to buy houses right now as the housing market keeps rising and people are losing their jobs. I don't think she meant any of that when she said that she's worried about the state of democracy. Hmm, hmm, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to think about that. You know what? I'm gonna have to think about that. Guys, part three of my interview with uh, Michael Schellenberger is up right now, super interesting guy, a former progressive who saw the light. His new book, uh, San Francisco, is out right now, and it's all about how progressives destroy cities, as uh, Rand Paul said the other day. Big heart, little brain. That's what the problem is with these people. I could not agree more, and I'm starting to wonder about the heart part. Uh, and for everything else, if you want to play along, if you want to support the show, you want to keep us independent, all that good stuff, join us at rubenreport.locals.com. We don't have rich white people that support us like they do over on MSNBC. It's you guys, and that's pretty good. That's the way I like it. All right, that's great. Have a great day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you want to connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubenreport.locals.com.